Hello, and thank you for listening to episode 6 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave, and after a break over Christmas and the New Year, the podcast is back. And we're going to kick off 2015 with some entertainment chat. And of course, I'm joined, as always, by Chris and Ramrod. I think I should say early on that these entertainment shows uh, should be rebranded as a minimum of 60 minutes with as we tend to go a bit over but we thought well what the hell you know we've got stuff to say we may as well uh, get it all out of the way in one show rather than cut it in half so hope you all all had a good break over the christmas and new year Uh, welcome to 2015 get yourself comfortable and get ready for some entertainment chat with myself chris and ramrod Right, I want to start um, this episode with a little bit of entertainment news and the fact that the way that entertainment's gone down the pan due to uh, so-called terrorists. Now, Ramrod, I know this this first one didn't affect you quite as much, but during Christmas, um, PSN and Xbox Live went down, didn't it, Chris? It did. It did. There did... were, um, what is it, oh, I forget what the term is now. Um, so... There's a term for what they did, basically. Denial, it's called it's DNS, wasn't it? Denial, was it DNA? denial of service? Maybe not. Maybe that's something completely yeah. different. Just essentially clogged up all the servers and everything, which just, like, um, you know, PSN and Xbox Live for a little while ate its own arsehole. It did. Yeah. Did this affect like you greatly? Do you know what? It did affect me. Uh, how dare you <laughs> did it? treat me as an outcast because it did directly yeah, affect yes, my you, life. You wife. Fi free Neanderthal. Yeah, I you. have no Wi-Fi. I have, honest to God, if the shit hit the fan, I'd be the first one up a mountain with a rifle, and you'd be there going, "I can't get online," and I'd be going, "But I'm alive," you know. <laughs> I can't fucking get on for a cry, and I'd be going, "It's all right, mate. I've just eaten a bear. I'm alive. <laughs> the zombies won't find me up here." It did affect me because. No, it didn't affect it didn't, me didn't. at all. Do you know what I mean? The thing I'm... is, we'd find out first, because we'd have had like Twitter and everything on Wi-Fi and found out first that the zombie outbreak was happening and you'd have been eaten and me and Chris would have gone, all right, we'll meet up somewhere on high ground and maybe have let you know. And have a kiss, or would you, without me? <laughs> is that what would have happened, Dave? It might have done to start with. You've got to keep, I am well you've prepared got to keep warm. It's don't, winter. Don't think me a fool. I have seen every film I need to see about surviving zombie apocalypse, even though it's nothing to do with what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, how did we get on from PSN and Xbox Live to this zombie apocalypse happen? Well, it's going to happen, mate. Well, yeah, I guess it is. Gonna happen. It's uh, it's 60 minutes, with, but, you know, we, we kind of throw the rule book out the window. With, with <laughs> yeah. just anything and everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fair game, isn't it, really? So. It is, yeah. I'm quite glad in a way, though, that because when I see these things happening, obviously I'm envious of having online ability. My girlfriend's like, oh, no, let's get Wi-Fi every two seconds. It's like, are you going to pay for it then? But <laughs> how, if I did have it, I think my social life would die because I know once I got on that little sweet ride everybody's on at the moment, that would be me done. I'd be just living a dream in Skyrim somewhere, flying a dragon around or something. It's quite nice I don't have it because it keeps me grounded a little bit. But I am jealous of all you men that can play FIFA online against <laughs> each other. This is the thing. I don't know about you, Chris, though, but I, even though I've got, like, PSN Plus and... Ooh, having said that, though, my Xbox Live Gold ran out, oh, I think about five months ago now, and I haven't renewed it and not missed it. But I think that's purely because I don't use my 360 too much now. I'm like, I've swapped over to PS4. But even using that, I'm not like a massive online gamer. I'm still sort of mostly single player. What about you? 
Yeah, generally speaking. I think the thing that annoyed me most about it was that, it, it, I, you know, I'm all for a bit of anarchy. You know, I, I, I'm sort of like um, not so set in my ways or old-fashioned that I just think, I, you know, fair enough. I like It shakes things up a little bit. I understand all that kind of stuff. But the f- fuckheads that did this didn't seem to have any particular reason or cause to do it hmm. other than the fact that they could. And, you know... It, 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 their justification for doing it is that, well, Microsoft and Sony <clears throat> have millions of uh, dollars or pounds or whatever and, and should be able to protect against this for stuff. And that's fair enough. I understand all that. But then it's almost as if, well, you're doing it on probably one of the most disruptive days that you could have done it. You know, you know, it's kind of like consoles have been sold left, right and centre, um, Xbox and, micro- and um, Sony. And it's like, well, you're doing it on Christmas Day, so you're doing it just because you're a bunch of pricks. It's yeah. not, you know, there was, if there was other reasons, I guess, or not that the people should have a reason to do this kind of stuff. It's just kind of, it's annoying more than anything else. It didn't particularly bother me. It was just that, you know, because like, I just got fed up of hearing about it on fucking Twitter, to be quite honest with you. It was just like, oh, PSN's down again, or Xbox is down. Anybody, can anybody get on? No, no, still can't get on. Can you get on yet? No, still can't get on. <laughs> I just, I, So I just switched off Twitter. I just, like you, Ramrod, I just kind of thought, you know what, fuck all this technology. Yeah. I'm just going to switch it all off, because I'm fed up of hearing about it. That and fucking Gamergate, I'm sick of hearing about the shit of it. <laughs> yeah, so, let, uh, let's, so, let's all have a beer instead. Like That's my fault. Yeah, it's fucking Christmas, for Christ's sake. Mm-hmm. You know, I appreciate that you know, kids want to play on the consoles and they want to play online and probably you know, play Call of Duty and call somebody a faggot or something like that. And I, I just think, oh, come on, you know, it's Christmas. You know, it's... Okay, you, you shouldn't have to have something like this happen to sort of like remember that you've got families and there's other things you can do other than play on video games. It's just it, it just wound me up for that particular reason, just because, like I said, they went. One of them was interviewed on Five Live by uh, Stephen Nolan, and you know they just intelligent guys, you know, just but just didn't seem to have any real justification for doing it, and then uh, somebody came along and I've forgotten his name now. Basically, his internet. Um, sensation. I think it's all about file share and stuff like that. Uh, is it Kim something or other? Oh, I forget now totally. I've, it's kind of blanked it out of my memory. But he came along and he gave them a shitload of money in terms of vouchers and stuff like that. And they took it. And and again, that kind of suggests to me, well, you've got you, you're just doing it for the money. There's, you're just doing it for you know it for, because you can. You, you, you're fucking you criminals. You know better than your thieves. Or whatever. It's just. Mm. That kind of st- that, I don't know. It just if you've got a cause, if you're doing it for a cause or do, doing anything for a cause, then fair enough. But it was just the sake of well, we've been offered loads of money, so why not take it just because? Yeah, we're, you know, we're ourselves. It just that <laughs> it was just more of the fact, like I said, it was just fucking everywhere. And I was just like, for Christ's sake, come on, let's do something else. You know, it, it was so dependent on these freaking consoles, and I didn't need to play online. I, I could quite happily kind of plug in my super nintendo or something like that or or whatever i could do something else spend time with my daughter i didn't spend christmas playing video games that's for sure yeah i did did i did learn something though because when you haven't got the access to psn plus and i thought okay i'll have a few goes on like a few single player games i couldn't play them it would just go like trying to log in trying to log in i didn't know that you had to sign out of psn Mm. You had to go to the settings bit and sign out PSN to play the single-player game because I was getting really pissed off. I thought, okay, so there's no, there's no access to PSN. I only want to play a single-player game, and it's not letting me play it. 
Now, there'll be people that are maybe... I mean, I'm not like, hugely tech-savvy as far as stuff like that goes, but there could be people that are like totally blank with that, and they would try to play a single-player game and couldn't. And it should be easier than it is, really, than having to do shit like that. If there's no access to it, you should still be able to just access your single-player game without having to dick around with stuff. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And this is the thing that people forget, that, you know, we're kind of almost there anyway to be quite honest but when the xbox uh one or bone as i like to call it um was announced it, it was going to be online drm you know oh god yeah to, and and people forget that you know it's like kind of they switched their you know because the, there was such a backlash against it all so they kind of decided okay this is probably not the best idea in the world but we're all pretty much there already you know there are certain games that you, you can only play online like destiny one of the biggest games that came out last year you, you can only play that online as far as I know. There are certain other games that you can only play online. So, it, it, and to access a lot of the <clears throat> functionality with certain games, you can only play them online. And let's face it, there are so many broken games released that need patching in sort of like weeks and months after the games come out. You need to have access to an internet and it's just kind of, it's depressing in a way. So, you know, I love video games. That I love them. I've loved them all my life, but it's just, uh, you know, it kind of, you do feel, or maybe it's just because I'm getting turned into an old fucker, you just kind of like, <laughs> you feel the need to moan about something all the time these days, so I don't know. But it, it's 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 a love-hate relationship on, at times, you know, with video games, I think. It is, yeah. And another way that, like, the entertainment was affected by, like, terrorists and terrorist threats and that was with something I know you, Ramrod, you can you can wade in deep with this one. Pornhub went down, I know. I know, yeah, <laughs> what did you do? You were just a gibbering wreck, mate, for fuck? days. It's you know, it's your your daily trip to the co-op for a twelve pack of toilet roll just like stopped. It was weird. Um, no, of course, uh, Sony sort of jibbed out a little bit with the release of the interview, uh, and said yeah. they weren't going to release that, and then they did. Which in a way it turned out like a plus for it because it gave a lot of publicity to a film that maybe people wouldn't have seen. Um, I was going to watch it anyway, but you know it it did give people going oh what's this about the interview then and then of course they changed their mind it was released in cinemas in america and it was made available online so i don't know if you watched the interview yet chris no i haven't um i I mean i i kind of like seth rogan um kind of i kind of like james franco i can take them or leave not i'm not huge fans of them so it's one of those if it comes on netflix i'll probably watch it but it didn't inspire me to go out and watch it you know, just because of all the hype and everything. Yeah. So, but is it any good? Have you have you guys seen it? Well, Ramrod, over to you. The yeah, interview. Well, I mean, you know, just I mean to tie into like Sony at the end there and owning the world at the moment, don't they? And if this was nothing more than a shrewd advertising campaign, I'd be quite amazed. If this was actually North Korea declaring this film an act of war. I really don't think anybody in North Korea has got time to watch a fucking Seth Rogen, James Franco comedy. Uh, it, it was... Sony own everything. They do, though, don't they? Like, Disney owns Star Wars and Marvel. I'm sure Sony owns Disney and Star Wars and Marvel <laughs> in some secret bunker somewhere. And it, it went online, I think, earlier today, saying, guess what, the interview is finally going to be released in the UK. And I wrote underneath, I've seen it twice. You know, you're not getting my money. <laughs> yeah. Because we're internet savvy. I know what Wi-Fi is and all that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> even, though, even though you haven't got it. <laughs> you know, I haven't got it. You know, I mean, <clears throat> with the interview, it's very funny. I think it's very funny. But I've sat and watched it twice now. 
watched it when I was pretty drunk and when I was half drunk. I don't think I could watch it sober and have the same experience. But um, it is what it is. It, it works. It's funny. Like, But Team America came out, what, 10 years ago, if that, something? And that was so, like, anti-Islam, pro-America, anti-America at the same time. Nobody gave a crap about that. Only people cared about was the doll sex scene in it. Oh, Why God. this is, you know, it stirred up so much, you know, tension. It's just it's advertising. It's brilliant advertising by Sony. I'll put it down to that. That's not even like a theory. It's literally that. You know, it's it's an okay comedy. It's not the Wolf of Wall Street. It's functioning. It's funny. The the portrayal of oh god, am I going to start a war if I say anything? <laughs> I'm scared of saying anything now. They're going to come for a stay. Just put allegedly on anything you say. You'll allegedly, the portrayal yeah. of their their great leader um is brilliant you know they mock him but you know he, he he's born into this legacy of cruelty and he's got to fulfill this role but he likes katie perry and uh, Mar- margaritas <laughs> <laughs> and that it is worth watching for that but i mean i suppose if you don't know the political state of north korea it's wasted on a lot of audiences it's aimed at anyway i think because people that get off on a Seth Rogen movie, you know, they're like, what, 16 to 25-year-olds. And they probably don't know what's happening in North Korea anyway, so all this is wasted on them. Mm. But, you know, well done, Sony, for fucking up Christmas Day and starting a war. <laughs> so, you know, they're Satan, aren't they? Sony is S for Satan, <laughs> Sony Satan. There That's it is. It. They fucked up Christmas and they've started up World War Three. <laughs> <laughs> Satan's on a throne, a big Sony throne with surround sound. Yeah, playing Xbox. <laughs> on a very Slavia, <laughs> playing a fucking Xbox One. Nice one. <laughs> I found this film far funnier than I was expecting. I hadn't really got high hopes for it. And maybe that sometimes that works with films. The um, favour really, doesn't it? You know, you can go into a film and your expectations are so high and it has to be good because if it's not as good as you think it's going to be, it just like bombs for you. So I went into this thinking, mm, it's not really expecting much and I I genuinely like laughed out loud so many times during it. I thought it was really good. It was It's a buyer for me, put it that way. I will buy it when it comes out like on Blu-ray or something. It's, it's Franco, I think. I mean, Yeah, yeah, his character's amazing. He He's like... Um... Jeremy Kyle of America at some always like Geraldo Rivera but like a really low budget version and it, like he gets like a brilliant celebrity emission at the beginning and then he becomes like this huge like phenomenon in America and the, the, the government choose him because he's all uber popular at the moment which is a good spin on celebrity you know I mean look at Celebrity Big Brother right now I mean these people are famous all of a sudden but who the fuck are they we don't know mm. and that's Franco's character but he's he's so eccentric and overindulgent in it that you you really love him even though he's a total dick <laughs> you know he's like having orgies and he's doing drugs all the way through it and like he fucks up giving a ricin strip to you know, Kim Jong-un by um what's it? he puts it in a packet of chewing gum I think and he goes nobody will ever find it in a packet of chewing gum this ricin strip and a guard pulls it out and goes what's this and it's like it's just chewing gum and he starts eating the ricin <laughs> strip and it's like oh fuck there goes our only chance but yeah he's he's the the big anchor for it and it does work it's just a shame that so much hype's happened around it it's kind of like gone really high in everybody's radar and now it's like well it's not come out yet so 
nobody's going to be bothered to watch it, I suppose, <laughs> when it comes out. They missed the trick there. They did it for America, didn't they, really? Yeah, yeah, I think they, they did. They stood it all up for an American dollar, and they've had that, and then whatnot, but... Yeah. yeah, it was a good move by Sony, but it's a good funny film. It is, yeah. I'd, I'd recommend it to you, Chris, definitely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think you'd like it. Nice. Well, yeah, I'll check it out sometime, yeah. definitely. Yeah, it's like a political satire as well, and it's quite good to see how, because we all know how North Korea is, let's be honest, it's fucked, isn't it? You know? <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> Just remember, allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> it could be a, a beautiful, sprawling um, economy Utopia. for all we know, yeah. but yeah. I don't think it is. <laughs> Where nobody's tortured and nobody's no. No. repressed, no. or you can say it. whatever the hell you want. Yeah, and there's anything there. There's plenty of food and everything. It's fine. Paradise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, keeping on the subject of films, uh, we're halfway through January. I've watched two films this year. Can you believe it? My, my film watching diary has like plummeted. Uh, the two films I've watched, one was a rewatch as well. I rewatched uh, Necromantic because Arrow had done the great yes. Blu ray release of it. So I sat and rewatched that again. If you, again, yeah, Chris, I know Ramrod's watched it. Have you ever seen Necromantic, Chris? I haven't, no. I it's... haven't seen that one. Don't watch it with a wife. No, don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's not a happy film. If you want some sort of happy-go-lucky, feel-good film, don't watch this. It's only like, I think, 72 minutes. It's pretty grim. It's very low-budget and... It's, I think, what you call an acquired taste. Mm. It's definitely one of those Marmite films. You either love it, hate it. I, I love it. I watched it. I, I was lucky enough to see the first UK showing of it. Uh, I think it's on the Black Sunday in Manchester, a horror film festival all night, and that was like, I think, ninety one or something like that, ninety two. Um, Tina, fiftieth birthday day. It was, yeah. That's why I remember it, mate. Celebration. <laughs> Uh, Tina had never seen it, so I sat and watched this Arrow Blu-ray with her, and she hated it. She really hated it. So it's not one I would recommend, but if you're into the horror genre and you haven't seen it, it's mm. it's one you've got to watch. You know, it's one of those mm. films. Uh, and the only other film I've watched this year is Housebound. Um, yes. Yeah, that was good. I really enjoyed that. Um, I won't say too much about it for spoilers. People haven't watched it, but that is one I would recommend. I, I really enjoyed that film. I found it on, um, I was going through Fangoria's top 10 horror movies of 2014. So I was going through going, yeah, tick, tick, scene, scene. And number two on the list was Babadook. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, what the fuck's number one? And it said, Housebound, a little-known New Zealand horror comedy. And I went, well, let's let's get it then. And what a little gem it was. Mm. You know, in the vein of something like Joe Dante would have done. Yes, back definitely. In the day. Yeah, yeah where you actually identify with characters and it doesn't bore you and it gives you twists and surprises. Nobody won't get to see this film. God knows if it had ever come out in this country. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, if anybody can get their hands on Housebound, brilliant. It's oh, like Peter Jackson without the Uber Gore. It is, yeah, yeah. And it's like New Zealand's are on a roll, aren't they, as well, with, you know, what we do in the shadows. Oh, don't even go there. <laughs> That's... Oh, my God. It's like the best film you're going to see this year, that is. Oh, God, that is like... Yeah, I I would put that of films... I mean, because I watched it in 2014. That was probably yeah. my film of the year last year, was What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. yeah. Have you heard of that one, Chris, yet? I, I, you know what? It's, 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 this is why I love kind of doing this as well, because I, I get to find out about movies that I've sometimes heard of and sometimes never heard of and that I'll be honest with you is one I haven't heard of and uh, say so I'm just having a quick look at it now on IMDB and it's I should so, say it's amazing it's like you know you would have seen like Shaun of the Dead oh yeah yeah, yeah. I mean that is like 
for the sort of pastiche, the the the, the mm. loving piss take of zombie films. Homage. Yes, homage. homage. Mm. Yeah. yeah. This this does the same to vampire films. Now, okay. if if you've got like a good knowledge of vampire films, which I'm sure a lot of people listening to this and we definitely have, they there's so many references that will just have you in stitches and it's filmed in like a documentary style of they they're filming this vampire family of you know just living their life and they're, well, they're so flatmates aren't they they're flatmates yeah that's it flatmates, flatmates. and but they're all through different generations going back to like this nosferatu piece. he's like six thousand years, <laughs> years old and they just lock him up in this cupboard it's oh yeah it's really i Again, yeah, my film of last year is What We Do in the Shadows. Ah. It's got the dude from uh, Fly to the Concords. Yes, yeah, in it, it has. And yeah. um, Eagle versus Shark. I don't know if you've seen that That's one as literally, well. It's the same writing team. And so if, you, if you're hip to their sort of style of dry sort of New Zealand humour, this is... It, they'll, I'll be honest, like, I, I honestly think Edgar Wright's never going to make another film like Shaun of the Dead he no, went, no, he nailed so. it you know and these guys coming together have have made something so it's going to be like the with none of I of horror horror mm. comedies with none of I oh yeah carries that sort of same dry humor that y- you've got to get it to laugh at it but so many people would really laugh at this film if they like horror movies and you know I've watched it with couple of different people who are who you know have grown up with the lost boys and you know the hunger and films you know essential vampire films and then a generation that's just known twwilight oh, and God. there hell, you have all f- fucking hell imagine <laughs> that you know what I mean? Christ. it's uh, it, it's so much well i can't even say i'm like lose lost for words trying to say how good it is it's so funny but like in terms of like a vampire film, it's like in the vital canon now of what I'd recommend to people with, you know, Near Dark and Fright Night. I'd say what we do in the shadows because it is a vampire film. There's gore in it, a lot of gore mm-hmm. um, and a lot of heart in it as well. To be fair, it's got a good story, but you'll piss yourself laughing at it. I mean, the, the one standout scene for me is where they go to the um, they go to this big vampire ball. So, like, zombies, vampires, ghouls, they all get invited to this ball at the end. So they're trying on costumes, and one of them wants to go as Blade, and he doesn't get that going as Blade isn't going to go down very well. <laughs> That's the sort of thing it is. Yeah, and, oh, the, and the pack of werewolves in it as well. They're pretty yeah. good. We're werewolves, not swearwolves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd say if any film you're going to watch next, Chris, that we could recommend, What We Do in the Shadows is the one yeah. we'd tell you to do, yeah. Oh, that sounds awesome. Um, just going back to Necromantic, I just, as mm. I, I do, I just typed it into uh, Wikipedia. And I'm, I love the poster, I have to say. It's of a, um, a skeleton mm. um, with an eye popping out, like a, an eyeball popping out of his head, I guess. And he's um, cupping... And Booby. appears to be suckling on a a naked woman. Yeah, <laughs> that's the film it's, in a nutshell. It is. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of eye love in this film. There's a lot of um, eye sucking and all this coming out. Yeah, it's eye sucking. Yeah, yeah. Corpse dead. Well, obviously, it will be a dead. If it's a corpse, it will be dead. Dead corpse. Eye sucking and um, rotting, slimy corpse feeling and shagging. Yeah, it's that kind of a film. Oh, Dave. Nice. <laughs> You're saying all the right words there. <laughs> it's it's like um that it's like Tetsuo. You remember the old black and white Tetsuo? Um 
with sex <laughs> and dead things. Yeah. It's, yeah, so. yeah it's, and if you've never seen Tetsuo, again, highly recommended. Yeah. Is that the, the Iron Man? Tetsuo? Yeah, Tetsuo yeah. the Iron Man. That was about one hour, seven minutes long, I think. And that was like 1989 as well. And that was one of these black and white, small, dirty films about a guy turning into a tank and his dick turns into a drill. But this is like the German version of that without the machine sex. I'm really selling this to you, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, well, I, I, I seem to remember watching Tetsuo years and years ago on BBC Two. There seems to have like a kind of um, cult film or, you know, Japanese mm. film seasons. And I think like Channel 4 used to do a lot of that with Mark Kermode introducing it or whatever. And it seems to have dropped off a little bit. But um, yeah, and I seem to remember watching Tetsuo and just thinking, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm. With the Necromantic, though, like with Tetsuo, he, he made a sequel, he made Necromantic 2, which is a better film, but he did like an Evil Dead 2 thing with it, where he kind of remade the first one, like Tetsuo 2 was like a remake of the first one with more money and more gore, but, oh, fucking hell, I'm going to have to watch them all now, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> You've got me thinking about dead sex and machines and stuff now, Dave. I'm going to have to go to a website, for Christ's sake. That, that's your, oh, God. Just your... log off a minute. <laughs> dead sex and machines. That's your two main turn-ons, isn't it, mate, that one? There's a, there's a Michael Bay movie in there somewhere. <laughs> oh. Go on, then. Well, what if he, what if about he, you two guys? It, you know that there'd be, like, a fucking a 360 sweeping shot. <laughs> like, yeah. Looking up at the, the, one of the main stars or something. Loads of American flags as well. Oh, yeah. There would yeah. be. Yeah. Of course there would. That's how it goes, man. Well, I mean, I've got um, I got Oscar fever on my mind at the moment. Oscar nominations came out today, and I'm oh, a bit I of an Oscar seen any geek. Of these, actually. Well, I mean, Oscar Oscar season's a bit of a. It's one of those things that's in the last couple of years you'll find that, you know, when the Oscars are coming around, all the really brilliant films come out at the same time. And you're a bit spoiled for awesome cinema in one kind of thing. I mean, last year we had like 12 Years a Slave and Wolf of Wall Street all kind of rammed in at the same time. And you're going, but this is brilliant and this is brilliant. And it's happened again. Fucking Oscar time. Um, that The nominations came out today. And having watched a couple of the films, ahem, um, in the <laughs> cinema, ahem, <laughs> um, even though they're not out yet. <laughs> Um, I can honestly say that there's quite a lot of um, tough calls going on. I don't know if you've seen any of the nominations today, Dave. I haven't, no, no. Well, having watched a couple of these movies, and specifically one called Whiplash. Yeah. Ooh, um, yeah. If none of you have seen it yet, this movie's been talked up quite a lot in the press. Now, for like, uh, not a, it's not got a big cast behind it, a big studio behind it, or anything like that. It's one of these movies that the, the guy who's made it and the stars who we have seen before are going to be like catapulted into any you you can do any film you want now. J.K. Simmons, who you'll probably know as J. Jonah Jameson from Sam Raimi's Spider Man. Vince Schillinger from Oz is always going to be... I don't know if you used to watch Oz. There you go. Yeah, he's the, you know, face down in the pillow. You know, you're my bitch Evil now. neo-Nazi bastard. That's the guy. That's and then, the guy. oh, he's amazing. Yeah, I love him. He's very good in Oz. I've seen Oz and everybody's gone. He's a revelation, but it's like, well, have you not seen Oz? You know, yeah. He was, yeah. It's one of those roles that he's he's so good in it. But 
it's effortless to him because he's one of these guys that's he's been acting so long. Mm-hmm. He's been in a hundred things and now everybody's gone. He's amazing. Well, yeah, he is amazing, but this film is the only thing I can say about it is it's like one of those great sports movies where you've got the guy driving the the, the other guy into being great, but it's through jazz drumming. Now to most people that might go, What I don't care about jazz drumming. But it's it's like I said today on Facebook, I said it's like the Lost Scorsese movie. It's that well made. Um, I think it deserves every award it's up for, which isn't many. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, J.K. Simmons up for Best Supporting Actor. And I do think he's a shoe in for it, really, because he's had such a good reception for his performance in it. But the, the lead actor in it, uh, the lad's called Miles Teller. I think he's only been in like some shitty teen comedies and stuff. He actually learned to do jazz drumming for it, and he's absolutely incredible in it. You'd think he's been doing it all his life. Um, and he, he literally is probably, I think, he's the best thing in the film. But he's not even nominated. And this is how Oscar time pisses me off. Because, like, with The Wolf of Wall Street, 12 Years a Slave was an amazing film and it tackled some really important issues and it was very well made. But, that said, Martin Scorsese overlooked again. And here we have another great performance. He's not even been nominated. Another film like Foxcatcher, which is... It's ridiculously good. You know, Bennett Miller's been Best Director nominated, but it's not for Best picture so i don't know how they weigh it up in oscar land because you'd think if he's the best director surely it should be up for best picture as well yeah yeah. well i don't know i don't know how it works i mean and and i've rewatched goodfellas today um because i'm running out of martin scorsese back catalogue at the moment i'm going crazy looking for films that can recreate the the thrill of the one for wall street for me so i watch goodfellas again and then you think that was beaten to best picture and best film by dances with wolves Oh my god! Have, Do you know what I mean? Have you seen? Have you seen the trailer that's online? Uh, directed by Martin Scorsese, he's in it with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro. No. Yeah, I saw it go up this morning. I was tagged in it by yeah. one of me, one of my Facebook friends, going, "Holy shit! Look at this!" And yeah. it's uh, it's the coming together of two, well, three. Let's be honest, three geniuses, and yeah. it looks like the greatest film you're never going to see. <laughs> it does. It looks amazing. <laughs> It's like a trailer for some like casino in Asia yeah. or something. Yeah. It is worth watching. If you've not seen it, Chris, search it out later on. It is well yeah. worth watching, yeah. It, it, it does look really good. Awesome. I'll check that out now, yeah. Well, not yeah. now, because we're recording, obviously. <laughs> do it now. Do watch yeah. it now. Oh, yeah, ignorant <laughs> bastard. You, you go off now. and watch films. Go on. Get on your bloody Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, Oscars is, it's one of those things that I get excited about because, well, I, I like the thrill of seeing, yes, they've won, although, boo, they haven't got nominated. But, I mean, that's this time of year, so many, but I'm just going to have a little mention for um, adapted screenplays. Now, this is a category I really like because I think if there's good writing, it deserves to be recognised. And a, one of the best films I've seen in a long time was Nightcrawler. And uh, Tony Gilmore has been nominated for that, oh, which yeah. um, that I'm going to applaud because he really deserves the Oscar for that. But American Sniper will probably get every fucking award going because it's about American killers. It's Clint Eastwood, though. Clint Eastwood deserves another Oscar. Yeah, I mean, the guy's, you know, nearly a billion years old. (laughs) Uh, You know, I'll be honest, American Sniper is one fuck of a flag-waving movie. But, because Clint Eastwood has done it, he's telling a great story about a great American whether he's a you know he's a, a mass murderer, let's be honest, but it was an act of war. He was doing it to save lives, and it's one of those 
you know, if you're an American and you watch it, you're totally behind him. But as a British person, and I've, you know, I can't really relate much to these stories I find when I watch them, although I really enjoy them as war movies. Mm. I look at the character he's playing and he, he's killed a lot of people. But Eastwood's done a great thing is he, he shows him he's got morals, he's got remorse. And it ruined his life, basically. Yeah. You know, and it'll win a lot of Oscars. I think that one will sweep up. You know, Bradley Cooper's brilliant in it. It's a great, great film. Well, that um, Grand Budapest Hotel sort of like leading oh. along with Birdman, sort of like a lot of the nominations and stuff for the major, uh, th- you know, uh, awards. But, uh, I mean, I've always, uh, since Batman, really, liked Michael Keaton. So I'm pleased mm-hmm. to see that he's nominated for a um, Best Actor award. Because uh, I think he's one of those that kind of he had uh, like a, a, a you know he's kind of time in the, in the spotlight and everything, and then he kind of like went under the radar a little bit. So I'm really pleased that I mean I've seen Birdman, but every it's kind of like you can't go anywhere on Twitter, like kind of looking at a newspaper or the internet or anything without sort of like seeing Birdman. It's amazing, you know, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And I, and I I, I am I do want to watch it. Um, so I guess have you seen that one? No, it's, it's, well, I haven't seen it yet. I know Dave doesn't watch films anymore. He's in a cave all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I have it to watch in the cinema. I'm going to go to the cinema and pay my money and watch it, obviously, in my own private cinema I've got. But, um, yeah, I, it is, it's next to watch, you know. But that's what I mean about Oscar season. You're spoiled for so much, yeah. like, great cinema. They throw it at you all at once, and you go, this one, this one. Mm. Keaton, though, I mean... He's been he, like you say. He had such a great spell, and and I think like Pacific Heights for me is such like a fucking great movie. He's in, and like you say, nobody cast him for so long, yeah. and then he got RoboCop, and it was like, oh, what he was great in it, but what a waste. Yeah, yeah. You know, bring him back for Batman. <laughs> oh God, that'd be so good if they do. <laughs> really, I mean, they wanted an old Batman, didn't they? Let's just get Keaton back in there. Yeah, get him in there. Why not? Let's get him in there. But no, I haven't watched Birdman yet. Um, there's a couple I haven't watched yet. But I mean, saying Grand Budapest Hotel, what a fucking oh, great movie! That is super. That is one I did go to the cinema to watch. What an as achievement well. in filmmaking that was. Yeah, best work I, I, he's done. I, um, yeah, I mean, I do. I think my favourite film of his is um, Rushmore. Um, yeah, I've seen. What was it the Great Tenenbaums? Mm-hmm. Didn't click with me. Um, What's the other one where it's Adrian Brody and they're on the train? What the fuck's that called? Oh, the fucking hell. I know the one you mean. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't get on with that at all. Uh, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I didn't get on with that. I think he's kind of... Uh, I, I didn't see... Good. Who, sorry? The Steve Zissou movie, The Life Aquatic. Oh, that's, yeah, that's one Rats. I haven't seen. Oh, yeah. it's, honest to God, right? If you like Rushmore and you like his kind of fairy tale ways, Steve Zissou, for me, is his best film until Grand Budapest. Because yeah. even he's kind of got getting a little bit pigeonholed, it seems like, you know, he's the kooky guy, he'll do the kooky sort of like uh, stuff. But yeah, I, I really did like Rushmore, it kind of like clicked with me, like the uh, characters and, and everything else, so I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's good Wes Anderson and he, um, like Moonrise Kingdom, he, he, he has pigeonholed himself, but I mean, he, that's him, isn't it? And the good thing mm. about him is he's not going to turn into Tim Burton and be given stupid money to remake Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He's <laughs> yeah. going to keep making these, these great, you know, unique films. And Ray Fiennes in it is just, he's insanely funny. It's a fucking genius film. 
and the way he shoots it as well, he like changes like from four three to like sixteen nine and all this, and it just doesn't get nobody watches them unless they know them. That's the thing. It's yeah. the, he's such an acquired taste, isn't he? Oh yes, yeah. More people should watch his films. Mm. Yeah, they should do. Have we got any more movie chat before we move it on a little bit? I've got one very quickly. I yeah, go for about. it. Because um, I, I sort of just before Christmas, I picked up a few Blu-rays and whatever from um, HMV, and Edge of Tomorrow was one of them. Uh, I'd heard a few good things about it, and like the reviews I read and everything else that you know, generally four out of fives, all that kind of stuff. So, and I was I sort of watched it when I was a bit ill over Christmas and everything else. And I tell you what, I was just wow, fuck it, I was blown away by it, if I'm perfectly honest. I just thought, and it's very rare that I watch films more than once because of time and everything else, But and, and particularly, like, the next day. But I watched this movie, and the next day I said to Kay, you've got to watch this with me, that's my wife. And but the thing is, like, you know, we've very different tastes in terms of when it comes to films and everything mm. else and TV. Um, and she really enjoyed it as well. It stars Tom Cruise, I think probably people most know this, um, and it's it's essentially i'm going to use the lazy way of describing it it's a science fiction groundhog day <laughs> um you know it's that's that's kind of what it is it's got a bit of everything a bit of sort of like source code in it which um i assume you know you've both seen yeah, which i really cool. enjoyed <clears throat> um that's duncan jones uh, who directed that one wasn't it and jake gyllenhaal and uh yeah that that was really good and everything but there's just something about this i it, it's the thing that kind of after I watched it, and it's it's like he's basically Tom Cruise played this this um, major, I think he is, and he, it's he's like a kind of it's almost like he's his rank is um, they've essentially given it to him, because, and he's a PR. Aliens have invaded the Earth. They've they've got like exosuits, kind of like from Advanced Warfare and everything, which are freaking awesome. But and then so there's this big push to destroy the aliens and everything and i don't want to say much more than that because it's one of those films that i think it's 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 so enjoyable to watch you know and i've got two issues with it but i'll come on to those in a minute but the the one thing i thought was fantastic and phenomenal and and you know it's he's tom cruise himself and and tom cruise is tom cruise in a lot of his movies i watched jack reacher recently as well which i mentioned the the time we recorded and um i really liked that and this is direct um written by uh christopher mccock yeah. Macquarie. Macquarie, is it? He's the he's Who, the key behind. Yeah, he's a genius, that guy. And he wrote Jack Reacher, and he wrote this, and he directed Jack Reacher as well. And he's going to direct the next Mission Impossible movie, which I, I believe. And um, you know, he did the Usual Suspects, so he's got like real chops behind him. But it's just the writing behind it. It's funny. It's engaging. The action set pieces are spot on. Tom Cruise plays at the beginning like this kind of cowardly guy who's got no combat experience doesn't want to quite happily send troops to die but you know he wants to be as far away from the battlefield and he's kind of like forced into that situation and essentially something happens and he relives the same day and it's about it is kind of like groundhog day it's about sort of like finding out why is why is this happening what's going on it's a very lean movie in terms of like time and everything it's not a very long movie compared to a lot of movies these days and it's just spot on i mean a lot of the CG doesn't look like CG. It's, you know, it, it directed by um, Doug Lindman, who himself, or Lindman, has uh, added a really kind of 
interesting career so so far you know directed the sort of indie darling swingers back in the the late 90s uh then go which i'm surprised i haven't seen because that stars somebody i've got a massive man crush on uh timothy oliphant (laughs) ever since i've I've watched justified i just i think he's amazing well you'd Um, like him in go because he's got his top off quite a lot in go (laughs) oh right i'm watching that Mm. after i've finished recording this um and and then obviously went on to the Bourne identity and and then produced or executive produced the other Bourne movies. So he had a link to them. But it's almost like you could say that he, you know he's such a it's a diverse career. It's sort of like going from the, these indie films, then a bit of TV work, then Mr. and Mrs. Smith again, another big blockbuster, then another blockbuster with like say with Jumper, which I didn't think was very good, but still um, maybe probably because the the, the main guy in it. Um, Anakin Skywalker. Oh, God, yeah. Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Not possibly. a good film. And um, a silver-haired Samuel L. Jackson, which is just a bit weird, but still. And then they, and then this, you know, and it's kind of, it's, got, it's really diverse. You could argue that as well that you kind of really find how Bond went because, you know, I think the Bourne movies have influenced, you know, the, the current Bond, if you like, in terms of the action, the mm. fighting, the the stories and everything else. And, and so fairly you know pretty influential i'd say but this movie i, I just think it's so it's so good it really is and i think the thing that annoyed me about about it is that not the film itself the couple of things the issues i got with it maybe it was kind of the um the name edge of tomorrow but then it kind of got the marketing was a bit mixed up because then I mean, if you go into hmv or whatever the majority the, the, the main thing that sticks out from the blu-ray case or dvd case is live die repeat yeah which in itself is shit, but then Edge of Tomorrow doesn't really say too much about the film, and it kind of maybe it, I mean it made its money back and a bit more, but it, it perhaps was wasn't as it didn't do as well as it was expected maybe, but um, it, it's I don't know maybe just the thing that annoys me is just that the, the film like say Transformers, the Transformers I, I like the first Transformers film if I'm honest with you, but after that all the others have just been a fucking headache. They're really they're just kind of loud and stupid the and. Shit. Every, Hmm. Yeah, and and they're yeah, okay. For, you know, they just are, and they're nearly three hours long. For Christ's sake, hmm. you know, it's about a movie, fucking robots hitting each other. For Christ's sake, how much story do you need? But this kind of, you know, that can make close to a billion dollars. The latest Transformers, and then something like this kind of almost gets overlooked to a certain degree. This is a funny, smart action movie you know the actors are good you know emily blunt's great um like i say tom cruise you can see his character sort of change from being this kind of cowardly guy and he, essentially then he'll turn he, as time goes on throughout the movie he turns into tom cruise you know and and we did the uh die hard movie show for the same coin ben and i and and when we're talking about that we sort of like look you know you can easily spot the bits where it's a stuntman you know, sort of like doing Bruce Willis's action scenes or some of the other actor actor scenes. Now, you're not going to be wrong. I'm not saying that actors should do their own stunts because it's dangerous. But Tom Cruise is a proper action, you know, guy. He, mm. If you look at Mission Impossible Three or something like that, he just fucking throws himself into everything. It's insane everything that he does and gets himself into, you know. And I think you know, regardless of his religious politics or whatever, mm. he's a star, you know. Oh, and yeah. he He's great in this. He really is, and I just think more people should watch it. And I would highly recommend it to to people to go out and watch because it's superb. It really is just a fun ride, really clever, smart, just funny. Everything, love it. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, Bill, pa- a... Bill Paxton's in it. And oh, he plays <laughs> I was just about to say Bill Paxton. Where you didn't even mention Bill Paxton. I was going to go. What about Bill Paxton though? Yeah, he's great in it. You know, 
it's nice to see him. I mean, it says a lot about the film itself that they had to literally repackage it as live, die, repeat. So people would like think, oh, is this a new film? I mean, our audience is that thick these days that they can appreciate a good fucking movie like this. They've got to give it, they've got to play up on its tagline yeah. instead of the name of its film. So maybe they'll make more money off it. It's insane that this film wasn't like this a monster phenomenon hit because literally, as you put it, it's everything you want from a sci-fi action movie and it yeah. doesn't like like inception was obviously playing off the back of the batman success and everybody went to watch him went inception's brilliant but i didn't fucking know what was going on <laughs> but in this it doesn't leave you hanging it's it reminded me of like a movie a gears of war or something yeah which, yeah wasn't it though i mean it was like it's the, like you say about the cgi the battle scenes were fucking insane it was like saving private ryan with like fucking huge alien monsters mm absolutely awesome and when i watched it i I'm, I'm a big tom cruise fan and like like with mel gibson people go oh fucking mel gibson's this that and the other but he's a fucking he, he's mel gibson when tom cruise is in a movie i pay attention and when he's in a big sci-fi movie even oblivion i watched it and enjoyed it but fucking edge of tomorrow jesus really, what a film it is but good. again you've got to when you've got to resell a film because it hasn't made the money it needed why not christopher mcquarrie writing it but to mm. a film buff you're going to go in and go i don't know if you saw his his movie year of the gun that he wrote and directed um i've heard really good things about that that's benicio yeah. del toro and uh, ryan felipe that's yeah. the one and you it's can a, see his right film i mean it's like yeah. it's pretty hard hitting from what i've heard but it's uh, like you say it's his writing yeah. that makes it a great film because obviously he's not the best director because it is a little bit messy but his writing is so good how he's not making the next bond film is beyond me after jack reacher and that i i safely put him in charge of a bond movie based on what he can do with special effects and big action set pieces yeah see man that's the other thing like jack reacher as well that was another one that didn't do perhaps as well i mean again made its money back and everything else but i just think that was a really cracking action action movie and and sort of like thriller really you know, more more than action i guess yeah. and again tom cruise plays against type a little bit you know it's and and there was i think a bit of uh, uh criticism about him being cast in the role because of the character in the book is different mm. in terms of everything else yeah and whatever but you know tom cruise it, he's like he says i'm not the good guy <laughs> you know and, and that conversation he has with um oh fucking hell john mcclain's son from yeah. Oh that. yeah, he's like the he's like the heavy, isn't he? In the he film? He's, yeah, he's one of the bad guys. And and um Werner Herzog in, in that as well. He's great, he's, he's really creepy. Yeah. He's terrifying in the film. Who's scared of Werner Herzog? He's a fucking sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> oh my he's like an old witch. <laughs> it's great, great stuff though. Macquarie comes out with some genius stuff though, but definitely I know Dave will agree with Edge of Tomorrow I talk about oh, it yeah. quite often I always go Edge of Tomorrow because yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the best but again it's one of these movies nobody's going to see that's it I mean, we've got, we got to tell them it is I mean again this is one I did see at the cinema and it's it's people might look at it and it's a 12 I've got it on Blu-ray now as well it's 12 rated and like my views on 12 rated action films are well known I usually hate them but I think because it's a sci-fi genre and they're like they're blowing the shit out of like robots and stuff, you can mm. get away with a lot more. And you go in, whoa, that's violent. But because there's no blood, they can, they, that's why they get the 12 rating. And you touched on something good there, Chris, when you said about um, 
Tom Cruise and his religion, and he gets a lot of shit for that in the press and with people as well. And it's to the detriment of what he does because I think if he, yeah. if it's a Tom Cruise film, I want to watch it because A is a damn good actor. Uh, B, you said like mostly the stunts he does, and you're watching it and you're going fucking hell, he's like crazy the stuff he does, and like even down to like his his red carpet walks have become a thing of legend now. He spends hours talking to fans, taking selfies with fans, signing all sorts of shit when it comes to the or, you know, when it comes to the the premiere of his movies, he'll take hours and hours and hours and I Personally, I won't hear a bad word said against him. Okay, no. so he's got this religion that people don't agree with. It's you know, it's that's got fuck all to do with anybody. You that's should his be business, exactly, you know, yeah. But when it comes down to what you know <clears throat> you want from somebody, he makes great films. He's a great actor. He does all the stunt stuff, and he he looks after his fans. Why give him shit? You know what I mean? It's it's a bit out. It's a bit too much sometimes. I, I do hope that um, when Christopher Macquarie, Macquarie, if he does uh, Mission Impossible Five, which I think he, you know, looking at IMDb, it's it's pretty much nailed on. He's doing it. I hope that it kind of helped, you know, the same way that J.J. Abrams did Mission Impossible Three, which it, for me is the best Mission Impossible. I, you know, I do like them, um, even two, even though it's a bit shit, but it's John Woo in it, so you yeah. kind of almost have to like it a little bit. <laughs> but um, Mission Impossible Three for me is the best one, and. I hope that it kind of propels him like it has done with J.J. Abrams, you know, into doing... Well, he could do whatever he wants at the end of the day, but I just think, you know, he deserves more recognition for what he does. He won a, didn't he win a friggin' Oscar for The Usual Suspects, um, for the writing did, and that. Yeah. You know, so I do... I, I kind of... I, I like to champion these things a little bit. You know, I do like to tell people um, if I you know, think it's great. You know, I'll see something I think is, is good because I am the be all and end all, obviously, and my opinion <laughs> counts. <laughs> but you know what I mean. But, yeah. but anyway, yeah, great film. It is. Right. What I want to do The Tom now. Cruise love fest. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Tom. We're all in on the Tom Cruise love fest. He's mate. beautiful, man. He is. You Especially if he's got it. his long hair in Magnolia. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. Fuck you know, If he had yeah. a beard as well, and get oh. on. <laughs> Considering his age, he's a fucking amazing. He's yeah. got to be, you know, packed with the devil. The way he looks is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. He sold his song. Yes. He sold his song in risky business. That's what he did. <laughs> <laughs> he did the pants dance. That's when he sold his song. Yeah, that was what he had to do to sell his soul, was that pants dance. He's a legend. We've all done it, Dave. We are. Well, actually, yeah. We I have, have to do it every time I come on this show. You make me fucking do it. <laughs> well, I've seen the pictures as well. Yeah, yeah. There's no stories made up there. It's true. in the videos, though, have you? <laughs> <laughs> They're on the they're on the black net or whatever oh, you call it. Yeah, the dark, the the dark internet. internet. Speak, I don't know. <laughs> the black web, the dark net. That's it, the dark net. Yeah. Right, let's move it on. Video games. There's two I want to um, touch on. The first one, Chris. I know you've uh, talked about it on the same coin, um, and it was high up on your games of the year. Far Cry Four. Um, oh, yes. That's the one. I that's the one I've been giving the most love to uh, since we last talked. Um, and again, I mean, you mentioned it on the same coin as well with like the way that it creates this immersive world. Like, and it, I'm the same as you, mate. It's the only thing I can liken it to is if anybody's played Red Dead Redemption, the the way that it puts you into this world and surrounds you with all sorts of stuff going on that makes you believe that you're in a real world. You know what I mean? You're going out and there's all stuff happening all around you. Now, I've read like people saying, well, it gets a bit samey and all of this. Now, I think I'm about 47% into it 
and I've put like about 28 hours into it now, which for me is like an absolute shitload into a game. Um, but I'll go off, I'll go, I'll do, you know, I'll do a mission, and then I'll go, okay, I need to um, like craft my loot bag so I can hold more stuff, and you've got to hunt animals, so I'll do this. And then, but it's so great because like if you've got 15 minutes of game time, right, I'll fire up Far Cry 4, I'll just go and find the nearest mana wheel and spin one of them, or go and find a lost letter, or a mask. Or if you've got longer game time, you'll go in and you'll do a mission and uh, try to convert an outpost and all of this. And it's just so... It's just so immersive, and the graphics... It's my favourite one graphically on the PS4, the fact where you can get into a gyrocopter and you're flying along and you'll drop down a bit low and you're like you're skimming the tops of the trees and the trees are swaying and the, all the leaves are moving and it's like holy shit I've never seen anything like this um there's one thing that's really pissing me off mate in it and it's the only thing <laughs> that 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 is getting on my nerves with it and that is um that when you go to like one of the loot boxes that you find or you've killed somebody and you want to search them for money and whatever they're carrying and you walk up to them and it's the same when you like skin an animal or anything like that and you have to press square so you'll go up to it quite a few times, more often than not, which is what's pissing me off, is you'll go up to one of these things and you have to get in exactly the right place or else the little dialogue box won't come up to press square. And you go, I'm stood in front of it. Why isn't the button coming up for me to press square? Is this something that you've come across, Chris? Uh, yes, I can say that. It, <clears throat> it Not to a point where it annoyed me. I think it was more so with the boxes than the bodies. Because after a while, if I want to... Because you do... You get money thrown at you in this game, you know, for doing practically anything and everything. It's it's very generous with, with giving you stuff. Um, and also, you, I don't know about you, but I got to a point in the game where... I found my favourite loadout. I found my favourite guns, so yeah. I didn't even bother really buying anything else and spending money on that. Um, the first, I think the first thing I did was upgrade. Like I bought all the maps so I could see where everything was on the, the, yes, the, definitely. Like the yeah. you know, all the secrets and everything. But um, yeah, it, it happened to me a few times, but obviously not as often as yourself. But I think we've, as we've established in other shows, you you're a bit shit at games, aren't you? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you, you can't get sort of like get do bits and pieces in Shadows of Mordor yeah. or it's, it's just, yeah. I don't know, it's your age. It mate. is. I, it's that hand-eye coordination just goes, mate. It's, I, I've no idea. I, I want to do one thing, but my thumbs are doing something completely different. <laughs> but it is a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal game, you know. It is, It is. Yeah. It, it, it's, um Great fun, you know. Have you tried much in co-op at all? Have you played any co-op at all I yet? I haven't played any co-op yet, mate. I'm, I'm waiting on oh. you. This is it. I'm we'll have to, yeah, we'll, we will make a date, um, definitely. I mean, I've finished the game, but I'm happy to jump in on yours and um, play as Herc and fuck shit up. Because it, it is one of those games where, like you said, you can just, when well, we spoke about it at length last time, you can just do anything and nothing, you know. You, you yeah. just dick around or, or, you know, crack on with the missions. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's great. It is, yeah. That, that's like my main game, but my other game that's taking the other bit of time up, my side game, is Hearthstone. Oh. Have oh, you ever played this? No. Oh, it's okay. It's a card game, isn't it? It's a card game, yeah. Now, 
it's out on Android, I think only on tablets at the moment. I've been playing it on that. I think it's coming out on phones. They're sort of getting the coding right so you can play it on the phone. And it is a card game. It's based on the... Ooh, Warcraft. It's by Blizzard. It's based on like the Warcraft characters. And it's sort of a cross between... Oh, I don't know. It plays almost like chess, but with cards. So you, you've got all these different characters of like Mage and Hunter and all these other ones and each character that you select has got their own deck of cards and you're given a base pack of 10 and through levelling up your character you're given extra cards. Um, it's really good because you're, you're put against players of a similar level so you're not put against like people. If I've only got 10 cards with a character I'm not put against somebody who's got like 20 or 30 cards. It is one of those where there's microtransactions but, having said that, I mean, I've been playing it for quite a while now. I think it came out on Android, I think it was mid-December, so it's not. it's been out about a month now to play it on that. It's not one of those where you have to pay money to progress in it, because I haven't paid a penny on it and still really enjoying it. It's not one of those, again, where, you know, you have to p play five games and then that's your turns done and you have to wait two hours and play something, you know, play something else and then come back to it. Uh, it's really tactical. If you've got that in you where you like collecting stuff, and I know you, Chris, with like, um, you know, your football sticker albums and all this kind of stuff, it has got that and the Pokemon thing of you want to collect all, them all and get all the cards and that. If you're of that mindset and you want to pay money, you can do it that way, or you can just play the game and you'll collect it naturally. And it's a good challenge. It's It's... There's a little bit of luck to it, but I, from what I've played so far, I'm finding that skill has got a lot to do with it, the way you play the cards that you're given. And it's just a really enjoyable, fun, tactical game where you can sit and think, and it's not all action. And, yeah, I'd recommend it if you get the chance to play it, mate. Either of you, you, t you too, Ramrod, if you get the chance to play, like, Hearthstone uh, on any device, because I know you've got, like, a, an Android phone, and it should be coming out on that soon. Grab it and play it. It's really good. I could do with a game because, you, you know, I've uh, I've only I'm an Angry Birds man. Fucking how boring <laughs> is that? Like, do you know what I mean? But I, I tried to play one where I parked a car in a fucking space and I had like move me phone. The, well, it wasn't even my phone; it was somebody else's, and I wanted to throw the fucking thing through a window. <laughs> Unless I'm shooting a, a terrorist or scoring a thirty-yard screamer or playing a card game, I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> so I will. Well, I'll have a bang on it. Yeah, yeah. I could do with a game. Yeah, I'm not a good game. What other game? I mean, what other game? Um, in talk have we got? Come on. Oh, so I was going to say that I've slight disadvantage when it comes to things like this. Um, I'm a thick shit, um, which ah, obviously guilty. doesn't help. I'm not really. Uh, yeah, sort of like uh, I don't know. Unless it's snap, <laughs> then I'm kind of a bit screwed, really. But <laughs> I have heard good things about it. But pontoon, I do like that. Yeah, pontoon. pontoon. Yeah. Um, but that includes counting, doesn't it as well? So ah, true that. Yeah. Yeah, you've got that's... to you've got to count to twenty one, haven't you, on that? Yeah, so that's always a bit oh, tricky. You, you're gonna run out of fingers and toes, then. That's no good. Rummy, you can, I can play rummy. <laughs> <laughs> whist. That was always one. My granddad taught me how to whist. play. Whist. Your granddad taught you to play whist. Whist, not whist. Whist. That was a whist. No, I was my... gonna see what the fuck was no. that. No. <laughs> My granddad showed me width. He didn't teach me. Oh, <laughs> if we're going to play width, <laughs> over. I'm going to teach you the ways of of width over length. Long <laughs> in the trenches back in the day. 
That's why all, all men walk funny now that we're, I'm not going to say in World War One because that's going to offend people again, isn't it? <laughs> they were on <all> width. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's what is that what you've been doing then, Dave? You've just been playing card games on your phone when you could have been watching Oscar-nominated films. I know, yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, but this is that only takes ten minutes. It takes a couple of hours to watch your film. That's true story, mate. Yeah, there you go. That's my get-out clause. Okay. <laughs> Go on, over to you two. Any any game talk? Go on, Ramrod. Well, uh, I mean, my game life is, again, it's limited, unfortunately, but I, I did, uh, after Christmas, get entered into a, a 16-man FIFA 15 tournament on the PlayStation 4 at a local pub. Now... <laughs> Anybody that plays FIFA knows, uh, you know, I know you play it, Dave, that it's the only game that can literally get you up out of your seat. Yes. When you score the goal and you beat your mate, whatever. But I'm in a pub with, like, 15 other lads that are playing online and are shit hot at this thing. And I'm kind of a passive gamer. Um, Now, we started drinking at quarter to 11 in the morning. This tournament (laughs) went on until nine-ish at night. So you can imagine the last couple of games, it was like a Royal Rumble. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, FIFA 15 certainly on the PlayStation 4 is the purest sports game I've ever played in my life. But I will say this, something with the AI on FIFA 15 on the PlayStation 4 and maybe the Xbox One, the next generation version of it, I've heard, whether this is true or not, that the goalkeepers and sometimes outfield AI players can make rash decisions as footballers sometimes do. They'll elbow someone, trip someone, headbutt someone. So as I'm playing the game, my goalkeeper decides to run out, unaided by my triangle button, may I add, and punch somebody in the face (laughs) and get sent off. And then I talk to another lad who's got the game, and I say, is that, should that happen? Is there a problem with the game? They say, no, apparently so. The AI now is that good that goalkeepers, because they're normally like six foot five and Dutch, think they can come out and punch people. <laughs> and this is one of the tricks of the game, how sports games have evolved, where you used to rip your gloves off on EA hockey and take pleasure in beating people up, and that's the only reason why you buy a hockey game, was to have a fight with someone. It's come into FIFA now, so I mean, this is what I've been doing at the moment. I've been playing FIFA 15 and, like, waiting for my players to fucking lose their minds and just start kicking the shit out of each other, and it did happen today. (laughs) One player just literally decided to go through the back of another player and nearly, like, break his legs and get sent off, and (laughs) this is the beginning of Skynet, if you ask me. We're all done for now. If FIFA starts turning on you, we're done for. You've got to say, though, having said that you're in the tournament, people are going to be asking, well, how far did you get in this tournament? Well, let's be honest, right? When you're blindly given a team and I pull Bayern Munich out of the... That's like picking Tom Cruise out of Action Heroes. Do you know what I'm saying? You think, yes, I've got Tom Cruise, I've got Bayern Munich, but I'm playing lads that are online constantly. Even when they're intoxicated, they were fucking awesome on FIFA. Unfortunately, I didn't make it out of the group stage. <laughs> but I had a good day, you know. Um, it, it was a great experience, but FIFA's the only game through all the years that makes me feel like that. I love something like Grand Theft Auto. I love stabbing a prostitute. There's nothing like it. There's no FIFA. <laughs> Is there? Like picking up some random girl, having oral sex with her, <laughs> shooting her in the back of the head and getting your money back and then driving off. 
just wiping yourself off as you drive away. Yeah, you know, I mean, the first-person perspective on it now gives you a whole different experience in GTA. But there's, you know, that's a different thing to FIFA. But I suppose scoring a goal in FIFA is like, it's quite orgasmic, especially when there's 16 of the lads baying at you at the same time. It's as primal (laughs) as it got that day. It was as primal as it got in terms of video game playing. Yeah, beer and FIFA, it just sounds like... I don't know if it's a perfect combination or a recipe for disaster. <laughs> but, you know. there, were, there were friendships tested that day. I'll say that. <laughs> they were tested. And by the end of the day, there were things thrown at a wall. One lad lost and got up and literally turned the console <laughs> and stood by it so nobody could turn it back on. Um, what other game could you do that with? I mean, your card game doesn't create that sort of thrill, there, does it? <laughs> it doesn't. I'll give you that, mate. No, I've never sort of leapt off the couch having played a winning card. No. Yeah. Oh damn! Your troll beat my four. <laughs> yes. Plus one damn sword. You. Damn it. I've got a good packet of uh, of top trumps at home, Dave. That bring out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll top see you fucking the real side of you come out then. That'll be it. Then they'll be fighting. There'll be blood, blood. spilled. There will be blood, blood. mate. <laughs> That's what we want. <laughs> no, my my. I mean, in, like with video games. I, I said today I, I went into my local CEX and had a little peruse around, and I just couldn't get FIFA out of my head. I wanted to buy Dark Souls two or something. I thought I'm going to give this my time but no i just want to fucking sign a player that i can't afford it's pathetic isn't it <laughs> no there's nothing wrong with that i mean people sort of like say oh you know if you only buy card and fifa you know there must be something wrong with you because you're missing a whole world of other games mm-hmm. but there's nothing wrong with that at all you know i think it's a bit of snobbery and i think that you get that with anything and everything in movies books yeah. any kind of media you get that kind of snobbery but fuck it if that's what people enjoy i'll tell you what, i mean i finished um uh cod I know we talked. You talked about it last time, but I finished mm. the story. Fuck, that is uh, what a ride that game is. It's just great bit of writing, oh, isn't it? Oh, wicked! You know, it's yeah. so fun. You know, just to play, and there's it mixes it up. You get you all use action set pieces, but then there's stealth bits in it. There's uh, you know the story. Kevin Space is fantastic. You know, he chews the scenery a little bit, but you know. He's great. He's like he's good fun. He's good value for for what he does and everything. And um, the graphics are uh, spot on. I really are. A lot of the cutscenes and everything else just look superb. And the game itself. Yeah. I mean, I played it on PS4. It looks really. I mean, I played Ghosts and I enjoy Ghosts, but this just like it takes it up to another level entirely in terms of graphics. But mm. yeah, it's it's fantastic. Really enjoyed that. The graphics are ace, and I think it's that level where you escape the prison and you get in that big exosuit, and you, you, oh, you're so yeah. ex- you're so thrilled to just be <laughs> yeah. demolishing everything, just punching it, walls in. Oh, and... Brilliant bit of game in that because you, you build up to it because you you see them so many times as exosuits, you think, oh fuck, I want to have a go in one of them. When do I get one of them? And you get it for that. It's it's so cinematic. Yeah, you know, and they are though, aren't they? But this talk about an interactive movie—it's literally perfect coming together of like game design and and like like movie making, really, because yeah, it's it a is. great story. It's wonderful. I mean, like the the bit for me, I think that did it was. Um... The bit where you're on the highway and you're chasing after that van and you're jumping from yeah. bus to bus or, you know, and, and you're not doing anything, you know, technically in terms of like, you know, button. it's it's kind of a quick time event in some ways. You're just mm. pressing to like at the right time to catch the car and, you know, yeah, your jumps don't have to be very precise. But 
I didn't give a shit. It just it, it was so thrilling. Like when that level ended, I was like, I was fucking on I was on Twitter. I was like, wow, that was incredible. <laughs> you know, it's just I had to tell somebody about it, and not that anybody fucking listens to you on Twitter, but you know what I mean. I was just like, oh man, and and it, it does that, and it paces it out nicely. You know, there are sort of like nice bits where. Um, I mean, the, yeah, there's a story kind of like at certain times of it, you think, what, what am I doing here? Or, you know, why am I doing this? But it doesn't matter. You know, it's great fun. It really is. I mean, just to talk a bit more about football games a little bit. Um, I, I bought the latest Pro Evo, um, which I, I think Pro Evo and FIFA have had an interesting relationship in as much as like they've kind of like outdo each other at times, like say one, you know, for a, for a period of time, Pro Evo. Pro Evo would have been the king, and then FIFA's been the king for the last mm. few years. But this Pro Evo, honestly, it's... I mean, I, I haven't got the latest FIFA, but I got the FIFA 14 last year's, and this Pro Evo just feels like it, it is kind of... It's right on FIFA's heels right now. It's it's a really organic football game. Um, it's... I mean, it's a football game at the end of the day, but it feels like it's kind of... Uh, you, you you can do a tutorial as daft as it sounds, and I know with FIFA there's so much more that you can do than just sort of like lob and pass and shoot. There's, there's so much more you can do if you can invest the time into it. But with this, you can do a tutorial, but it's so cleverly done because like it'll teach you the basics that you know the fundamentals kind of thing. But then it will layer it, but it doesn't feel like it's doing it at such a, a you know too, a, too far a pace that you sort of like how do I do that? You know, what what am I doing here? Or how do I do this? It's so well done. And then the games themselves, I mean, like you, you said, you, you were in the pub for hours. I mean, my mate came around and um, we were, I've known him for 30 odd years, you know, we, we used to play kickoff two on the Amiga when we were kids. And uh, we stayed up from, say, we were playing from eight in the evening till 3.30 in the morning, just pro Evo. And it's it That's was phenomenal. It, yeah, and we were just drinking beers, and it was fucking nice, you know. And and it it's it's really well done, and I would re- recommend that people try Pro Evo because um, I think people overlook it for FIFA because um, FIFA's never, you know, I think it's it's kind of reached a point now where it is the best selling football game, and it, and whatever Pro Evo does, I don't think it's ever going to change. <clears throat> but um, I really do think that people give Pro Evo a chance this time because it's um, it's a cracker, really is good. Yeah, yeah my best, my best mate. Um, it, funnily enough, just say he when he came up to join in the tournament, he said, "I don't play FIFA. I've got the new Pro Evo," and he said, "It's the best football game I've ever played in my life." Mm. And uh, nobody says it. You're the, the only two people I've ever heard say it. That's it, though. I think uh, EA are sort of in danger of dropping the ball soon, though, because they're, they're sitting on the laurels now. Mm. It's purely because it's with FIFA and with me as well with the Madden franchise. Because they've got all the licensing rights to all the, the most of the well, all of the teams with FIFA more than Pro Evo's got. I'm, from what I've read, Pro Evo is slowly getting more and more of, of their licenses for team names and player names and kits and grounds and all of this. But it's the same with Madden because they've bought the right. They're the only ones that can make NFL games with the proper players and all of this. Because they've got that right, we're the only ones that can put all this real shit in. They're sort of really are sitting on the laurels and it can really seem dropping the ball because they're they're just getting a bit lazy with it. It was the best American football games was um, 2K games. NFL 2K5, I think it was. It's still the best American football game. And it was the worst thing that could ever happen when EA bought the NFL license. Um, And there's no competition 
there's nobody yeah. to like push mm -hmm. push each other and it's a really shit situation to be in and there should be some sort of law against it really that you shouldn't be able to do that that those with the most money can go well we've got the rights to it nobody else can make all the proper licensed games it's it's really does destroy what could be you know a good franchise by somebody else i think yeah and then, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I've got a frog in my throat. I, sh I really should stop giving French people blowjobs. Pro Evo does that. You know, it's got the Champions League. It, it's like kind of that's all official. And uh, and it does have some of the, sort of, um, you know, European proper clubs and everything. The likenesses um, and some of the Premier League you know, like Man United and whatever, but then they are called, say, different names, like, you know, so I can't think of any off the top of my head. Yeah. I think but one, they're, they're one not... used to be London North, didn't it, for Arsenal? That's it, yeah. essentially, mm. yeah. But they've got the proper names of the players, um, you know, whereas, like, years gone by, they, they even had to make that up. But it's... Uh, that If that really matters to you, I think, I think one of the, the jewels in FIFA's crown, if you like, is that um, they've got the ultimate team stuff. Now, that... I've never tried it, but that apparently makes them a shit ton of money. Yeah. Uh, you know, buying these packs of... I don't even know how it works, because I'm probably the wrong demographic that it's aimed at, if I'm honest. But it that's where they make a, a gazillion amount of money on it. It's just insane, apparently, what the, the level of money they make and all that sort of stuff. So, but whereas Pro Evo, it, it feels like a pure football game. You know, there's, there's sort of none of that you know, other stuff on it, I guess. But... There's, you know, again, it's one of those. Um, I've kind of I thought, well, I'll give Pro Evo a try. I've bought FIFA for most of the years, years gone by, and I've kind of ignored FIFA since when it was out. Uh, so Pro Evo when it was uh, back out on the PS2, and that was when I think it was at its height. But yeah. um, since the new, that if you like the 360 and everything, that that's when FIFA's really took off because that's when we've obviously embraced online gaming. Apart from when our souls fucking DDoS it, and you know, <laughs> so you can't use it, but. You know, it was the yeah. Koreans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, listen. We are, as always, as we do in these shows, we're sort of bending the rules of the space-time continuum as far oh. as sixty minutes with go. But what I don't want to happen is I'm going to hand it over to you two guys. I don't want either of um, of us coming to the table with notes that we've made or things we want to talk about. So, Ramrod, Chris, is there anything, um, if you want to carry on with video games, anything else entertainment-wise related that you wanted to talk about tonight? I'm going to hand it over to you oh, too. This is the worst part. Go, Chris. It's you. It's you. Pressure. Okay. Well, yeah. okay. So you don't have to rush. It's just, you know, if, the, if there's something you wanted to talk about, let's talk about it now. That's the thing. Well, there, there, there is, and but it's one of those where... Okay, okay, let's just get on with it. It's True Detective, <laughs> right? Have, have either of you seen True Detective? I know Dave hasn't because he doesn't watch TV shows. Dave, you <laughs> asshole. You but have I to have... watch this. I don't have okay, time right. for films anymore. TV all... series and definitely no, no. Right, okay. So, uh, right, where do I start with this? So let's say, for instance, I mean, I, I, this is um, a, if you like, police procedural TV series, eight episodes long. It stars Matthew McConaughey, uh, Woody Harrelson, Michelle Monaghan. Uh, they're probably the main stars, if you like. The, the first two, obviously. I mean, and I have to say that I know, that Dave, you don't watch a lot of TV. And I, I totally appreciate and understand why. Because watching a TV show or TV series is kind of like 
a, a marriage in some ways. You go into it with the best of intentions, hoping it's going to be brilliant and amazing, but you're never sure what you're going to get because, <laughs> you, you know, it's kind of like um, I've watched The Wire, you know, and, and the thing that kind of put me off from watching that, even though so many people have told me it was amazing, and it is, you know, I love it, is that it's a 60-hour commitment, you know, and I I totally understand why people wouldn't want to do that. Last year, I, I watched Breaking Bad for the first time. Phenomenal. Amazing. But I could totally understand why people perhaps wouldn't want to do it. And I, you know, I understand why you'd want to watch a movie because a movie, it's a two, maybe three hour commitment at most. And you kind of, yeah, you know, that, that you can make a decision about whether you, you like it or not. And I, I totally agree. But this, for me, blurs the lines between movies and TV. And I think over the past few years, like TV has become more than just TV. It's, it's, I had more money spent. You got like at Game of Thrones and stuff like that. It, it, but for me, this is just I've I've kind of done a slip of the tongue before when I've been talking about. I've been talking to so many people about it. I've got to talk about it, otherwise I'm going to burst. You know, <laughs> when I knew that I was we were going to be recording this, I thought I've, it's this perfect opportunity. I've got to talk about True Detective because it's so um, it's so well done. It honestly, everything about it, it's if you want to call it movie standard, if that's the standard that you know is you know kind of suggests that it, it's. Uh, had a shitload of money spent on it or whatever, but this is phenomenal. Uh, the acting, the writing, the cinematography, that every, everything about this blurs the lines for me between um, a movie. Uh, in, and it's like 55 minutes an episode, so it's again, it's not for a major commitment for your time. Uh, but I know that people that have blasted through this, I mean, I watched it in a week or so, I watched it with my wife again, and she enjoyed it to a certain degree, but not as much as me. This got really under my skin. Right, rightly so. McConaughey gets all the plaudits because his character um, is so kind of like out there, but charismatic, and you can't help but being taken in by him and everything he does. And it's kind of told in flashbacks, like the story. These are two cops. And they uh, they're investigating uh, a murder, and that's all I'm going to say about the story. I'm not going to go into any more detail about anything because I think I do want pe- I would love people to sort of like watch it and and make their own minds up about it. And it does take an episode to get your head around the conversation because it's kind of like the, I don't know if it's set in Louisiana. It's kind of like that you know he's Texan anyway, um, McConaughey, and uh, you know sometimes I find it hard to understand what um, Harrelson's saying. It sounds like he's got cotton wool in his cheeks because he's kind <laughs> of like you know, but it's. You know, it takes you maybe an episode to kind of see, you know, because he, he goes off on tangents. He's talking about philosophy. He's talking about his, you know, kind of ideas and thoughts, what the meaning of life is. And it's just, but they're explaining about, they're being quite a question talked to about this case that they dealt with 17, I think 17 years ago. So it's kind of told in flashbacks. And honestly, there are things that, that there are certain episodes I I felt like I was holding my breath watching it because it just felt so tense and such an an under well I don't know if it's an undertone of just an just this kind of threat there's something there you know it, and for me um, it sort of reminded me of Seven you know it reminded me of like a, a, a if you like an eight hour version of Seven if anybody could <laughs> put, put themselves through that you know or um, Manhunter, those kind of police procedural Manhunter gets so under my skin whenever I watch it that I can't get the soundtrack out of my head. So and I, I, I sometimes I've, I feel I get so freaked out at the beginning of that movie when the guy is walking around the house and he's 
it's first person perspective and he's looking around the rooms of, of the kids and the family and the, the wife wakes up or and, uh, that movie gets under my skin this gets under my skin true, true detective does it kind of reminds me a little bit as well of um homicide life on the street i don't know if you ever watched that uh, a tv show sort of like in the early 90s and that was again very police procedural and uh, it kind of went up against uh, NYPD Blue. And I think NYPD Blue tends to get, it got more of the sort of like um, commercial plaudits, you know, because it was a bit more soap opera. And I really loved NYPD Blue. I used to watch it with my mum. Um, but Homicide Life on the Street was more police procedural. It was more um, it, about the sort of like what these cops go through, the sort of like how driven they are, you know, and, and how cases affect them, you know, how and, and how they go through their lives and it can really change them as people and um homicide life on the street was by uh kind of inspired by like david simon stuff who did a lot you know the the wire you know was involved with that as well so but even now like like and i'm jumping all over the place but that kind of is a bit like uh, uh true detective but there's, there was a case like the, the, you know, the first episode. There was a cop uh, called uh, Tim Bayliss, and that, it was his first day on the job, and he'd been like the mayor's um, security or, or whatever, and he, he wanted to get into homicide. But his first day on the job was uh, rape murder of a young uh, black girl and Adina Watson. And even now, like I can, this is a fictional character, but based on truth a true story and I think that's where True Detective comes from that's why it's such a, an engaging story is because it's based on a lot of true stuff um, and it was about even throughout the whole series and he was in this for, for years you know and he, he was like kind of plagued by this this uh, case you know this this murder and he never solved it in the end and it was just watching his character go through this whole series and how he, he became so um, obsessed by it all and that kind of reminds me a lot of uh, True Detective you know it's this obsession it's about this you know and the the, the sort of like the people um, and it's scary I mean it did I, I was so on edge in places and it's just I was in tears at the end of it because it was just I didn't I didn't want to leave these characters behind you know I knew it was only eight episodes long but I got so drawn into them as people like they're so they felt so believable and you know it, I just loved it I thought I just didn't want it to end and it wasn't in tears because it ended you know not that much of a pussy um <laughs> but it, it was mainly because I I you know I it was I don't, I'm not going to say it because it was just I just loved it, the characters. I loved the two leads. They're as good as each other but in different ways. You know, I said McConaughey gets all the plaudits for his performance, and again, rightly so. But Harrelson matches him on a, on a slightly different level. You know, with his character, he's more of a family man, but he has his own issues and everything else. Whereas, like McConaughey's like this loner and just kind of like a bit fucked up because of his job and everything. There are things that in that are in it that it's about what you. Use your imagination runs wild because of what they're talking about, and it shows you a glimpse of things, but then it won't show you everything. And you, and that it's stunning, it really is. And I think, Dave, honestly, I know you're not into TV as much, but honestly, I think you do. You, if you watch this, you'd be blown away by it. You know, it's yeah. and it's not like I say, not a huge commitment. You know, it's eight hours at most, which I know is still a lot, but you know, you could yeah. watch it in. A well, week or so. I mean, this is the thing that I like with this is that it's a one thing and it's done. 
I mean, one of my main concerns about TV series is, and I've got hucked into some in the past before. It's like, oh, they're really good, and season two's good. Then season three goes shit, and season four's yeah. bad. Or it gets cut after two or three seasons, and you've invested so many hours into it, and it either gets cut or it goes shit, and you go, oh, for fuck's sake, that's nothing. So I, I do like the thought that it's these eight, eight episodes. That's the story, and you know it's you're done. Although... What are your thoughts? There's season two, there's two different leads. What do you think of this? Um, it's, yeah, it's apparently, from what I understand, it's going to be a different stories. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be uh, Colin Farrell's in it and uh, Rachel McAdams and, oh, who's the, who's the guy who's in Swingers and I've just totally brain fart. Vince Vaughn, that's it. So it, it's kind of going to be different. It's going to be, you know, separate but it's going to have the true detective name above it. And for, yeah. from my point of view, uh, unless it's anything other than stunning or amazing, it's always going to fall short, you know, it, it, because this has set the bar so high. It really has. And I'm desperate to know what you think, Ramrod, because I could be, wow. you might be thinking, you're talking at your ass. Because <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard people say, oh, it's a bit boring, it's a bit slow. And I'm, honestly, I'm thinking to myself, it's a bit talky. Somebody said to me at work, "It's a bit talky." Ah. It's a fucking move. It's a fucking TV show. What, what do you what do you want? Do you know what I mean? I, I, I wow. It's yeah. Sorry, go on. Tell me what you think. No, I mean it's right though because I think when I started watching it, I think the first two episodes because it's told in such a disjointed way, you do really have to concentrate. I mean, like it's like when Pulp Fiction came out. People either got it, cinephiles got it, and then the general public went, I'm going to go and see this great film. What the fuck is jumping around with time? And Joe Average doesn't understand that concept. And with the first two episodes, you do have to kind of go, all right, we're getting into this here. It's giving you establishing characters, establishing time and plot by episode three you go, holy fuck, I'm watching something here. And by the time the episode comes around where McConaughey has to go back into his undercover cop world oh, with man. bikers. I mean, that that's one... The, that's that, one of the episodes I was talking about. It's just... Oh, it's the best. I think it's the best. one. And Like Breaking Bad, yeah, it's epic. But this episode in True Detective, I've talked about it so much, selling it to people, with that one tracking shot where they're running through those houses in the black suburbs they go to, is... I mean, Michael Mann hasn't done that in a film before. And, I mean, the direction on it is fucking incredible. The cinematography. And it's quite a melancholy show. It doesn't hit you hard with action. It, it, It slowly builds around these things, and then it'll start with something that it ends with and throw you around. And if you've got any intelligence, which luckily you have, and most people probably listening to this would have seen it, and if not... It is the best TV show. Condensed into eight episodes, it's ridiculous what they've got into it. And it's got a real satisfying ending. And uh, it's good that you likened it to Manhunter because I think it had that feel of mm. real... Because I love police procedural stuff like David Ayer's Mahiro and Michael Mann, any of those movies. Even Miami Vice is one of my favourite ever movies and people fucking hate it. But there's something about True Detective that won't be repeated again. Even in the next series they'll do something different but that as like a, a little standalone thing is one of the best bits of television i think in contemporary television though because y- you can get away with a lot more these days and they're a lot more ambitious and in terms of getting mcconaughey i literally is peak 
and Woody Harrelson, his evolution of his character, because he's a fucking great actor. He was yeah. in Cheers, for Christ's sake. He was brilliant in Cheers. And he was brilliant in Zombieland, and he's brilliant in oh, Rampart yeah. and Natural Born Killers. You know, he's he plays a character where McConaughey has to call back onto his past, but he's still that same stoic sort of person who's driven by his, his need to solve a crime, whereas Woody Harrelson is trying to solve his own shit, and he's just mm. taken along on the ride. But his story was brilliant, in it? Because you could really relate to him, as he's like sort of a dickhead everyman, sort of, I make mistakes even though I'm a cop, or I'm shit at life, when Matthew McConaughey's like... I don't care about life. He's so nihilistic all the way through it that he hates people. And then you kind of find yourself at the end seeing him having an influence on Woody Harrelson and that their dynamic is all time brilliant buddy cop thing. It's, it's epic. It's brilliant. I loved it. I watch it again and again and again. Good luck to him on the next series. They've got a fucking lot to live up to. Yeah. And you, and they felt like you know kind of at times in the in the series hate each other or don't like well not mm. necessarily Connor he's got indifference to him you know but, but you know he fucks it, his wife <laughs> spoiler <laughs> Harrelson sort of like um, you know he, he gets frustrated with McConaughey you know and but they have this unspoken kind of bond at the end that mm. you know and I think that's kind of what and again, I so want to talk to you about why it affected me so much at the end, but I can't because it would spoil it for people. But yeah. honestly, just watch it, please. Because, yeah, it's it's currently if you have um, Sky Go or uh, Sky, you can download it as part of the uh, you know the TV packages things that they've got, and that's what I did. You know, but I'm looking at buying it for twenty quid because I just on Blu-ray. It's mm. you know it's worth it, and I'll I'll watch it and rewatch it again. It's a, it's a great. It, like you say, though, it's a movie. It is a film, but it's just mm. an eight-hour film. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's a hard sound to most people. But fucking hell, they'll they'll never be a, another one of these series like true that that series. It's a total one-off. Mm. Yeah. All right. I I shall put it on my to watch list. My ever increasing. He still won't watch, watch it, Chris. He I was going to say you could be lying to us. Twenty years he'll watch it. Yeah, it'll come out on some sort of like. I don't know, 4D holographic thing of the future, whatever, you know, Trump's Blu-ray. It'll be that 20 years from now. I'll eventually get around to watching it while I'm slowly rocking in my rocking chair and can barely see it. But yeah, I'll get there eventually. You'll be in Necromantic 3 by then, Dave, and I'll be sucking your eye in (laughs) June. That's what's going to happen to you. I'm not letting you get buried. I've got a use for you, mate. As long as you, as long as you film it, I don't mind. I'll give you 60 minutes, mate. That's it. Yeah, give, give somebody some enjoyment from it, at least. Come on, then. Is there anything else we want to uh, talk about? No, that's it. I'm all done. You're all done. You're spent. What about you, Ramrod? He's spent. Well, I mean, I, I, I wanted to mention um, a musical act briefly and just the movie they're going to be in. And Neil Bloomkamp's bringing out a film called Chappie. Yes. Oh, so trailers. Um, that. that looks The trailers look insane. Um, it's, it stars, obviously, Hugh Jackman and Chantal Copley in mocap doing Chappie's Robot. But there's a music act in it called D. Antward. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of them. Nope. Nope. Now, D. Antwoord are like a hip-hop slash rave act from South Africa, and I'm a fucking huge fan of them. They're totally bonkers. Um, it's Ninja and Yolandi Visa, and they are white South Africans, and they do 
Eminem style hip hop, but with like like trance brave music over the top of it. It's an acquired taste if you like your, your really weird dancey techno stuff with hip hop over it, which I really fucking I'll listen to anything. They do great music, and they've been cast as um, two street criminals that kind of take Chappie under their wing and like bring out his human side in it. I mean, obviously, Bloom Camp is like from there and his whole thing is South Africa, he's obsessed with you know that land and uh, Dianne Twarda, if anybody likes sort of obscure hip hop with a bit of, you know, sort of heavy house stuff in the background their latest album is just fucking insanely good and it's really good that they're going to be in a movie as well because I think they've been quite maligned because they're from South Africa and they're white and it's really hard to get their style of music out there because of like you know obviously black music dominates hip hop um but they're going to be in this movie, Chappie, and I think it's really brilliant that if nobody's ever heard, you know, like I say, the music's an acquired taste. It ain't the Rolling Stones, and it ain't NWA, you know. It, but fucking hell, I'm so glad that they're getting thrust into the the limelight because this film's going to be quite successful, I should think, especially with Jackman on board yeah. and Bloom Camp. Is he, he can do no wrong, even Elysium people think was a misstep it's fucking brilliant it's oh, a masterpiece God, yeah. sci-fi i think yeah you know i mean we saw his alien designs that came online the other week and i shed a tear to think that his alien sequel would have been probably the best fucking one since cameron's movie but um yeah i just want to say deantward anybody out there that's got like a an open mind to sort of a hardcore rave pop music <laughs> But uh, the album's exceptionally good. They sample uh, Seager Ross and Aphex Twin, um, and their latest album is called Donka Mag. Um, I don't know what the fuck that means, but the ant word is Afrikaans for um, the answer. Um, look them up online. They've got a good history. They're quite controversial, but um, they, they do a lot of collaborations with like um, surrealist artists, so their videos look more like Nine Inch Nails um, than anything. So they're quite dark. They're not a happy hip-hop act. They're quite fucked up. So if you like sort of like a goth take on hip-hop rave, fucking I've created a new genre tonight. Um, <laughs> get a bit of Deantwood and, and obviously uh, look forward to Chappie as well because yeah. I honestly think it's going to be sci-fi movie of the year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. You can't go wrong with his movies, though, can you? No, District 9 was incredible. I love that. I really did. And um, I've got the Leasium to watch, but I haven't watched it yet. But again, I hear mixed things, but again, it's... um, Honest to God, Shalto Copley's bad guy in that is one of the fucking best things. And the the way he uses CGI... Yeah. There's nobody else does it like that. He doesn't hide it, though, because he puts everything in stark daylight... And Bright daylight. It still looks so real. It's, it's Imagine amazing. his alien movie, Dave, with oh, aliens oh, wow. running around South African slums. Yeah. It fucking. Yeah. Bloom Camp. Whoosh, go on. Deanne Toward. Buy that album. Then there you go. God, how many recommendations have listeners had this episode? It's crazy. Come on. Spoilt, I say. No. Come mm. on. Right. Come on. Let's wrap it up. Um, to follow online, Twitter is normally the way. And I know, Chris, you're on there. People can follow you on Twitter at. Dastardly Jabby. Uh, and Ramrod is still struggling to get into the well, 21st I, century. I, I can in cut Twitter. in just there. I, as Ooh. of this weekend, I'll be on Twitter. Okay. And I'll you'll t- be looking for Ramrod's ghost. As you are on Instagram. Indeed. They can, they can follow you and your fine beard. Oh, it's a fine beard now. Is it? Now, will it be <laughs> Ramrod's ghost or Ramrod's underscore ghost? 
Well, uh, I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> There'll <laughs> be a topless shot of me with a beard, so, you know, there's not many that look like me online, let's be honest. Well, that's true, that's true. Well, I'll tell you what then, when listeners get to the outro, um, when I come to edit this, you let me know, I'll bung it in the outro, and they'll, Done, know, mate. they'll know your Twitter handle too. I will be there. Good. And of course, you can follow um, this show and me on at 60 Minutes With. So, let's call this a night. Uh, we will be back. We are, actually... I think this is a good time as any while while we're tying this up. We're uh, are, are we going to go by for each other? Are we going to go by, or are we? Are no. We, <laughs> or <laughs> or are we staying monthly? There was talk maybe of going by by weekly. I'm quite happy to do whatever you want me to do, Dave, okay. right. as usual. Well, let's say keep an eye on this feed for when we appear. We may be here a little bit more often than we have been. Should we, should we put it that way? Let's tease them. Yeah. Okay. Let's tweak I'm them. I'm in. I'm in. I, you're always in. You're always like... I am in. All the way in. I've got far too try much by. to say. <laughs> right. I'm happy to experiment. Yeah, okay then. Yeah, go on. We'll, we'll, we'll try for a bit of pie then. As long as you're gentle. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm <laughs> gentle. Don't... He's not. He never is. I'm <laughs> rot. I'm saying no more. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah. you'll, you'll discover why. <laughs> Right, it's been good as always, guys, and uh, yeah, we'll be back very soon. So yeah, let's let's all say bye bye to the listeners. Bye 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 bye. bye. There we go with the end of another show, and I can confirm that Ramrod is on Twitter. Uh, so pens and pencils at the ready. God, that was a bit old school, wasn't it? Okay, smartphones at the ready. Ramrod's Twitter handle, name, whatever you want to call it, is Ramrod's underscore ghost. So there you go. Add him on Twitter. As Chris said, you can add him on Twitter. He's at Dastardly Chabby. Uh, You can add me and the show at 60 Minutes With. You can also like the Facebook page. That would be very nice. Um, Facebook.com slash 60 Minutes With. Uh, The long-awaited webpage is coming. Don't worry. It is coming. Webpage, email address, all that stuff is coming. It will be here um, in quarter one of this year, hopefully. Uh, iTunes reviews are also most welcome. And thank you to, oh, let's have a look. There's three reviews, all five stars. So massive thanks to Lacey666, to Pud31, and to Jabby1976. So thank you very much for them. Um, I will be back very soon, in fact, as of time of recording this and doing the edit just tonight. I'm going to be spending 60 minutes with um, J.R. Smalling, who was uh, on the road with Kiss in the early years. He also worked with Aerosmith. Uh, Lots of great stories from the 70s and onwards on the road with bands, so I'm really looking forward to that. That will be online just days after this one, so we're starting 2015, hitting you with a few episodes back to back. So once again, thank you for listening. We'll be back very soon. Thank you.